0: Hello and welcome to a week in politics. Uh, we've got a fantastic episode lined up today, but before we go into what's on the episode, I'm joined by Albert, Ed and others as usual. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the Trump impeachment and the new hotel quarantine rules set in the UK before we get a very special interview from the one and only Jackie Weaver. Uh, Room SW1, we're gonna be choosing our defense secretary this week, and then round four of the Tim Farron Cup sponsored by the LGBTQ foundation uh, where Albert will want to try and claim back a two-two score. So before we get into it, how are you guys doing? It's been a quite a dry week of news, isn't it? Really, it's not been the uh, not been the best. Yeah, dude.
1: Yeah, no, not been much
0: going on. No, but anyway, let's get into the news that we do have, which is of course the first one is that Trump has been acquitted for the second time in the U.S. Senate. He's not impeached. He is able to run in four years time. Albert, what do you think?
1: Well, I think it's pretty obvious that he is guilty, but that they were never going to do anything different. I saw, I saw an interview with uh, Ted Cruz where he was saying he'd spoken to Trump's lawyers before they'd even made the decision and said, "Just say whatever you want because they're not, no one's going to like vote to convict him anyway." Which you know, it says a lot about like the American Congress and like you'd think it might shake people's confidence in it, but I say yeah, it's a bad, bad decision, but not an unsurprising one.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll assess
1: yeah i mean
2: like everyone knows that i find american politics really really boring and like it's basically because this i mean in some ways this just sums it up doesn't it like no one ever does what the right thing is they just stick to their parties nothing ever changes but that's sort of okay because their country is broadly going well uh so yeah i just like i say you know very unsurprised completely the wrong decision but that's just why I don't really follow American
3: politics anyway. No, Ed. Yeah, I agree. It's it's basically become it's been said multiple times, but American politics is basically reality TV at this point. Uh, things are all done for show. Uh, this was another example of things being done for show. Obviously, it would be cool if he did get in, uh, you know, uh, if he did get convicted, but it was never going to happen. So in my mind, it was just sort of a bit of a pointless venture and just really serves to divide america more and make people you know further cement that us and them um sort of narrative that's going on between the democrats and republicans so it's Mm -hmm. not helpful and it was a waste
0: of time yeah well the two-thirds majority i think is a good thing it stops Mm -hmm. uh, you know a small majority getting what they want when it and it just turns political Um, but yeah like i said i don't know how i don't know how certain republicans didn't think you know he's committed the crime it just shows up that the American democracy is flimsy, it's fragile. Uh, Biden was right. It's just, it needs sorting out massively. And it just shows when you have a codified constitution, what can go wrong? This is it. This is, nothing changes. It's so outdated. It's such an outdated system. And it just shows that you can't really convict someone who's wrong. And and it's just sad, isn't it really? But like I said, like others says, I'll show, you know, echo it. It's, uh, it seems to be stable now. Good, uh, good president who's, staying out the limelight, not using Twitter, you know, just getting on with the job at hand. And it's actually good that you don't see American news on, on the BBC website and stuff. You don't, that's a good thing that you don't see, you know, ridiculous storylines. It's just getting on with a job at hand. Uh, it may be boring for people like us who don't have much news to talk about, but uh, for the sake of the co- for sake of the world and for America, it's, it seems like it's, uh, it's going to be all right. So that's the end of Trump for four years, no Twitter, <laughs> no outlet to talk about. So I think he's, uh, it's fine. I think it would be.
3: It's not on the news outlets because it's not news.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing, but, that, but, that, but that's it's good thing. And that's it because yeah. it's just getting on with how sh- country should be run where there's no controversies. It's just getting the stuff done. I'm sure there will be Biden controversies I and mean, we, will, we will be reporting them down the line in the next four years or so if we're still going in four years. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, we will get uh, Biden things, but it's just nice for a bit of stability, a bit of, uh, you know, normality for, for the first time in a long time over in America. Um, so yeah that's really all we can say on that issue is not much we could talk about there has being impeached we all agree he deserved to be impeached uh, but he wasn't and uh, America is fragile uh, on something a bit more a bit more, a little tiny bit more juicy um the UK has finally after 12 months enforced a hotel quarantine on people arriving from red flagged countries uh, in the UK so they have to uh, quarantine for two is it two weeks I think it is um in a hotel uh i, I I'm a bit 10 in this one. 10 days is it um, yeah. still it's uh, apparently you can still go outside uh, for i think it's like, like an hour a day or something like that uh, into the into the garden bit of a hotel uh i'll start with you in this one i mean i i don't think this is it's it's, it's, it's good thing but it's too little too late for me personally
1: yeah i i, I do actually agree with you a bit there harvey for once um, <laughs> hey, wait,
0: get the clown get the clown out from the thing me and albert finally agree on something it's a huge yeah. moment
1: Yeah, well, you you look at other countries, like Australia is the particularly big example that have been doing this for over a year now already, you know, and it's, I think it is, it's going to be, it's the best way to sort of defend against these new strains potentially coming in, but it still needs to be like organized properly. And I know that even our hotel quarantine now is not as strong as Australia's like in Australia I'm pretty sure you can't leave your room at all but
0: no, it's two weeks um,
1: but mm. I know that also that there has been um, talk of the hotel quarantine not being 100% successful like you can still that there were still cases where um people other people in the hotel had been infected and potentially even the staff so you know you do may need to make sure that that is protected against as well as well yeah
0: uh, just, well, just one thing one thing they said it's a big point isn't it is that they can infect the staff and the staff can go out and 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 go home and things like that. It, it only really works if, if it's completely quarantined the whole place. the staff stay there, everything, if no one leaves um until after 10 days. It it really is um a unique thing. It really is. I'll go to says next. Um oh someone's got a phone call. Um says I'll come to you next. Um, what do you think of the hotel quarantine?
2: Yeah, I think they've basically done the worst of both worlds. In that, like, there's obviously the massive inconvenience of it being a hotel quarantine, not just the inconvenience, but a cost of £1,700. That basically means that if you're in a country like Portugal, you're not really coming to the UK for a very long time. Um, but because of the fact that it's like, I kind of think that hotel quarantine is only really useful if you're going to go for a zero COVID policy. Scotland are wasting their time by doing it for all arrivals because, like, COVID is still going to come from England anyway. Um, I'm not really sure if I think that zero COVID is really viable at this point because there's obviously so much community transmission and the way in which the variants are as transmissive as they are, I basically, unless we're in lockdown for like eight months, I don't really see how you're going to eliminate COVID. Um, So yeah, basically, maybe it's kind of good to slow down, but basically, yeah, I don't really see the point of it at this point. Like if it was a year ago, which it should have probably done a year ago, really a good decision, but at this point, it's just like, yeah,
0: not great. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's just. I mean, it's a good thing they they're doing it. Because, like I said, it's it will help. Um, but it, like, I said, it's too little, too late. And I said, it's it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre that it took them this long to realize that it's the most sensible policy to put in place. Uh, I do agree with the one with the one fact that the cost of it. I think it deters people from going away. Like, why are people going on holiday, uh, going abroad at this time? um it makes no sense at all you shouldn't do it i agree with the 10-year prison sentence which is just a threat it won't never happen that's it if you lie um and i agree with it because you should be no one should be going flying off to dubai at this time there's no need to go on holiday right now like zero and they know um, if you're doing over with a business trip companies have always said that they'll pay the 1700 pounds how much it costs to stay in the hotel so you know i just think that hope this works to deter people away from going abroad because i really hate seeing people in Dubai right now it's selfish it's stupid it shouldn't happen uh people need to get this done for the next couple of months and we'll be out again and i'll be able to go for a nice pint of wetherspoons um ed what do you think
3: i i wasn't gonna i was only gonna add that it's uh it seems so obvious and it seems like we're so far behind that i just sort of in the back of my mind, assumed we were already doing this stuff until I saw it on the news, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's like, yeah, it's just such an obvious thing." I really don't understand why they didn't bother doing it until this point.
0: Yeah, like I said, I think, I think we're pretty much all in agreement. This is the first time I think we've gone through two news segments, and uh, we're all in agreement. Uh, but the, the, the shock. I know. Well, that's this. Is what happens when there's no news? Um, <laughs> good job. We've got a great episode lined up from this. The news is out the way. Uh, we've got some very special things coming up. So. Next up is I had the opportunity, a fantastic opportunity to interview Jackie Weaver, uh, the star of the viral video from the uh, parish council meeting, which happened a couple, uh, 10 days ago. Uh, wonderful lady, a fantastic interview, very funny. Uh, here it is. And I uh, hope you enjoy So I'm joined here and it's a, it's a pleasure for us to be joined here by uh, the one and only Jackie Weaver. Jackie, how are you today?
4: Hello there. I'm fine, thank you, but it is only Monday.
0: It is, yes. It's a, a long week ahead. And uh, we've got Jackie today to talk about uh, the viral video uh, that's uh, come out over the past couple of weeks and also uh, how our listeners, you guys and, and us as well, can uh, get involved um, at a local level in decision making and uh, local parish council level politics uh, so Jackie let's start off with you know we've all seen the video we've all uh, our listeners uh, what was it like being in a meeting from your perspective
4: um I, I guess I had um obviously I've been involved with with Handforth advising the background for some time so I had a, a sense of the um the internal dynamics and the tensions that there were there um the clerk had been suspended. So that was the reason that um, that I was facilitating the meeting. So I was already prepared for it being challenging. I was not prepared for for what happened on the night. That's for sure. I don't think anybody goes to a meeting expecting that.
0: No, exactly. It was it was uh, something which was uh, no. I don't think anyone's experienced before. And um, these these characters that we've we've come to know through watching the video. Uh, like um, Councillor Tolver and Councillor Brewerton. Did you know any of these characters beforehand?
4: I I think really the the one that has the most fame is probably Julie's iPad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, I I mean, they they were part, they are um, part of Hanford Parish Council. So um, yes, I've known them for, oh golly, many years, um, but even before um, the years that um, they were councillors, um, working with Cheshire East Council, which is a municipal authority, um, my organisation, the Cheshire Association of Local Councils, was instrumental in actually setting up the parish council only about eight and a half years ago. So they're still a very young parish council, although clearly the people you see on the screen <laughs> are not necessarily very young.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and what is behaviour from certain councillors in there? I know there's a lot of councillors in there uh, who before, who behaved very well, uh, so they came across as... as um, good uh, representatives for their community, yes. uh, but some of them didn't. Was that behaviour expected from, from some of the councillors?
4: Um, it's. I don't think the level of hostility was expected, um, but my understanding from, from various conversations and emails etc before was that they, they had been challenging in their behaviour before. Um, and certainly um, I think you'll find that um, a couple of the other quieter councillors were were interviewed at one point during the week um and certainly you can see a, a huge difference in the, the two dynamics mm, absolutely um, yeah. And,
0: yeah yeah no it was uh you could, you could definitely see that and um you know uh, councillor tolva and councillor bruton were the two that stood out as uh, the ones causing the uh, the issues which came across as uh, as extraordinary to, to a lot of the viewers um, and they did not come across in a good light. And how did it feel uh, as the one person to take control against what a lot of people are describing as, as blatant misogyny?
4: I think there's two, two things to, to that, um, Harvey. I mean, one is how you feel at that moment. Um, and, you know, I, even though clearly I'm a woman of a certain age, um, so, you know, have, have, have life experience and have met um, all sorts of people during that, that life. Um, it is still very unusual to meet that level of hostility from anybody. Um, my, first, um, my first thought was I really do think that Zoom needs to make the buttons bigger on the screen <laughs> so that you can hit them when your hands are shaking, <laughs> because it was intimidating, yeah. there's, there's no question about that. And then I, I guess I went into that meeting with um, a single purpose and that was to ensure the voices of the three quiet counsellors who had done I quote everything right they'd followed the rules about how you you know how you arrange a meeting etc which is part of the point i was trying to get across in the um zoom meeting um i was determined their voice was going to be heard mm. and, and i guess that that made it kind of easier to take what was a very difficult decision mm, absolutely it.
0: yeah i mean you you I think I say this for 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 everyone listening and, and a lot of people who've watched the video that you handled that uh, situation the magnificently it was it was uh, great to see and I think everyone was rooting for you in the video as well um, uh, yeah and and you know it was it was great to see and, and how difficult is it to be able to conduct these meetings over Zoom? Because like we saw with the problems, I mean, for you, it was very easy to to kick someone out, which was uh, which was good, which you couldn't do uh, in a face-to-face meeting, but how difficult is it to conduct your work over Zoom, which is a lot of people are crop on the country have, have faced many difficulties with
4: it. Yeah. Um, again, th- there's so many, I mean, you could discuss that for, you know, an hour and a half easily. Um, I think you have to remember a couple of things. I mean, one is up until 12 months ago, um, just under 12 months ago, There was no facility for town and parish councils to hold any form of virtual meetings. So back in about March last year suddenly you have a a particular demographic of the country all trying to get to grips with um, virtual technology um, to a greater or lesser extent and then also trying to fit a somewhat um, archaic kind of structure which is a, a town and parish council meeting into that format um, and some have grasped it better than others, um, of oh, that, there's no doubt. For me, one of the, the most difficult things, I think, is that the, the audience, shall we call them, uh, although it's not exactly an audience in South Advice Council meeting, um, they don't play well either. So, I mean, it's very difficult to talk to, I mean, I, I'm looking at you now um, on this Zoom meeting, and if I forget your name, um, I can just look down and see that you're still Harvey. Um, But, you know, if you were called, I don't know, say, Julie's iPad, (laughs) I have no idea who's there. Not only that, although you may talk to me and say, um, hi, I'm Harvey, um, there's a kind of expectation that at some point I'm going to remember for Julie's iPad, read Harvey. While I'm trying to do a hundred other things, and there are several other people also called, you know, um, John's iPad 2 you know or um, betty's phone or or something you know so it's um it's surprisingly um disconcerting um not just that you can't identify the people because you can't see them um but because you have absolutely no idea how to engage with them because you can't see their face and you don't know their name
0: and i think that came across in in the video when there was two names in the waiting room and yeah. uh, it, it took time to be able to understand who, which one was allowed to be, yeah. you know, meant to be getting. It, it seemed like it was it was a, a big kerfuffle, uh, to say the least.
4: I think there were two <laughs> Alan's iPads, one of which we wanted in, one of which we didn't. You did not want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that wasn't an easy one to
0: pick No, not at all. And, um, you know, uh, this video has gone viral and the the nation was shocked to see certain behaviour of certain councillors and do you think this is an indicative of the state of local government and local politics or have people just spent too much time on their own during lockdown
4: well speaking as someone who has also enjoyed lockdown i think we've all spent too much time (laughs) on our own in lockdown Um, i think the video has done um it's been a double-edged sword there's no doubt about it Um, it has shown Um, local councils in a somewhat negative way because I mean you're asking me the question Harvey I mean is that how is that normal Um, and I hope I've said you know as clearly as I possibly can it is absolutely not normal I mean what is normal is people to feel passionately about a topic or something that's happening in their community and to argue for that that after all is politics isn't it Mm. and sometimes those debates get heated And sometimes people say things that, you know, with hindsight, maybe they shouldn't have said, etc. But that's part of the kind of um, energy, I think, of local democracy. But that is not what you saw played out on the video. That's the negative part. The positive part is I have spoken in the last 10 days to more young people, uh, to more activists um, than ever before. And it's something we have been trying to do as a, um, as a body, as a national body, trying to, you know, move forward um, in the sector for 10 years. So it's given us more um, voice than we've ever had before. And certainly the feedback that I get from people, most of it is positive and much of it is about how can I get involved? And I have to do a plug here, otherwise I'll get my legs smacked. <laughs> which is if anybody is interested in, in looking at, um, you know, what comes next, how do you make a difference, um, then go to the National Association of Local Council's website, that's NALC, so nalc.gov.uk, and check out their Make a Change campaign.
0: Mm, absolutely, and we'll do our bit to uh, put that on all our social medias as well, and get okay. that message out there because it's it is such an important thing. And we'll get into into that later on of the um, how we can get young people involved in in things like this. Um, but the one question which I'm, I'm dying to ask you, Jackie, and and that is, did you have the authority in that Zoom meeting, or was it just I'm going to kick him out and see what happens?
4: Um, I think there are still um, lawyers up and down the country arguing the point. Um, because, I don't mean we're in um, a legal battle, um, but certainly, you know, it it has, um, you know, as your interest is youth politics, their interest is the law. Um, And it's a difficult one. It's not written terribly clearly. You'll notice at the beginning of the meeting, the chairman, um, Councillor Tolbert, does in fact himself make the point twice that the meeting hasn't actually started. Therefore, the standing orders haven't actually been implemented. At the same time, we're calling upon the standing orders to affect the proceedings. So it is very complicated. And I say that's why I think you have to um, For me, look at the bigger picture. um, Which is, was it the right thing to do? And I took the view in that moment, it was the right thing to do. And if there are consequences for doing that, then we must accept those consequences. Um, but I think I would have felt. I think I would have. I think I would have found it very difficult to to look at myself in the mirror. Later, when in fact this video has gone viral, if I'd sat there and let it happen.
0: Yeah, it, it, you know when you when you said earlier about you know your job was to take the into account the three councillors who called the meeting and. Again, that was the, the main priority, wasn't it? Is to yeah. make sure those councillors get what they had called, which is a civil and organised uh, meeting to discuss the issues.
4: Mm. And, uh, and actually, however, if, if you watch um, you know, past the exciting bits, um, what you do get is some um, interesting, if you're interested in Hanforth, um, interesting discussion about um, things like the local transport plan. Now, it isn't gonna change the world but it is going to have a material effect on the people of Handforth. So exactly the kind of thing that you would expect your average parish council to be talking
0: about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a key message to take away is, you know, it's about doing things locally. And, and as much as the excitement of the video has gone viral and as much to all of our enjoyments of the of the behaviour in there, which did make us all, all chuckle, it, uh, we do need to uh, remember that it was a local council meeting to get things done locally. and. Just a a quick question, Jackie. Did you expect this video to go viral when you were sitting there in the meeting? Were you sitting there and thinking, this this is going to go all over the internet and all across the world, people are going to fall in love with me.
4: (laughs) Absolutely not. But again, it's an... Well, two things. One, it happened back on the 10th of December. That's a lifetime Mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. And secondly, it's hugely interesting that the people who actually made it viral were, again, two young people. I mean, if it had been left to, to kind of our generation, it would just have simply <laughs> sat on a website somewhere with nobody really paying much attention to it, other than people in Hanforth for whom it matters. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah.
0: the other one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I'll take full responsibility for, the, for our generation to, uh, to getting it viral because it was it was brilliant. And people, when we've uh, announced that you were, you were coming on the podcast, Jackie, and we asked people to put questions, and the main question we got uh, was... What was the thinking behind the brilliant Britney Spears uh, remark that you made?
4: Bear in mind, there's an awful lot going on. OK, so there's quite a few buttons to press. <laughs> there's a lot to check on the screen. Um, and you're at the same time trying to um, to calm the people that are in the, uh, in the meeting. And I was trying to make the point that um, it was all very well for... Um, Councilor Tolver to call himself Clark, but that did not necessarily make him Clark. So my point was that I could call myself Britney Spears, but it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> make me Britney Spears. And of a certain because I again am of a certain generation, I was desperately trying in that moment to think of a, a young um, pop star, a pop, there you go, pop star that was different to me. I wanted her to be young, slim, blonde. <laughs> <laughs> You know fit all those kind of things and the only name that could come to mind
0: was britney spears well i think it's it was a br- brilliant comment and definitely made uh, made me chuckle when you said it and um you know it was fantastic and i think in, in itself i think people will be saying that um call me jackie weaver from now on i think that's uh, brilliant uh, the message that you've done and um yeah and that was that was fantastic and, and you know what like you said uh, throughout this is that uh, you know young people have have got involved since this video's gone viral, they've put the video online, uh, they've you know, been interviewing you, talking to you like we are today and, and we're fascinated by it and our listeners are fascinated uh, by you and the video as well. And how important is it to get young people uh, involved in, in parish council level, of changing the communities that they live in rather than getting involved in party political, taking it away, just getting down to the nuts and bolts of let's get something done for our community.
4: It's hugely important. Um, And it's quite interesting from from my perspective as well, because um, over the years and we're looking at the last 15 years, I'm not just talking a couple of years. um, There have been lots of initiatives, um, you know, trying to engage with young people. Um, So I guess 15 years ago, it would be, what can we do for the youth? Um, And the answer was always, let's give you a skate park. Um, and you know that seemed, you know, that seemed to be what everybody wanted. So I'm, I'm sure we've got skate parks up and down the country that probably don't get used at all. We then tried um, the um, an extension of the youth parliament, um, so we would have a youth council within a council, um, and that ha- that met with limited success. It really needed somebody in each council with passion to drive it. Um, so. We've kept looking for ways to encourage young people to to come forward to parish councils. Very limited success. And part of the reason is we don't know how to talk to each other. And by that, I mean, young people in their communities don't know how to talk to the parish council and the parish council does not know how to talk to young people. Um, And as we've tried to facilitate some kind of joining mechanism, we've failed. Um, because I think that both sides see the other side as intimidating.
0: It's, um, yeah, that, that, is, that is a big problem. So from that, Jackie, and, and your perspective, and, and as a podcast, how can we encourage people uh, and work with you know, uh, councils to get more people involved in, in local community level, like, uh, like Hanford Parish Council?
4: Well, I think sometimes it doesn't have to be a direct approach. Um, I mean, I remember a long time ago saying, you know, in part, you've got to kind of try and meet each other part way. Um, And um, I was interviewed um, the other evening by, um, I can't remember his second name, but Dan from the Princess Diana Trust. Um, And he'd worn worn a a, a jacket and a shirt. Now I could tell that that wasn't his normal way of dressing, you know, I mean, because he's, he's young. Um, but he'd clearly done that in order to make me feel more comfortable. And it does. So it's even, this, even little things like that that kind of show, I'm actually trying to take a step towards you. Meet me. The other thing, of course, is that you don't have to go direct to the parish council. There will be parish council um, events organised in your area. Participate in them. There'll be the opportunity sometimes to feedback electronically, participate in them. You might even find that your parish council would be enormously grateful for somebody young, and for young also seems to imply uh, media savvy and um, IT very literate, okay, bit of judgment there, Um, approach one of the councillors, you know, that there'll be a councillor on that council that actually is easier for um, the youth to approach than some others. Start with one?
0: Mm, it's a, yeah, again, that's really, really important. And do you think there's a, an opportunity for young people to actually sit on a uh, parish council and, and really get them involved in making the decisions uh, for their local communities?
4: I think it comes with a challenge. I mean, sometimes it does not go well. Um, we have some parishes that are um, central to um, university areas if you know what I mean, and and attract a fairly high um, student um, representation. But of course, what happens is students go on holiday. So for three months of the year, they're not available to the local community. And then at the end of their three or four years, they leave. So it doesn't always work. Um, But, you know, if if you have a, a real community interest, You know, perhaps, you know, your family have um, links to the community that you're in and, you know, you want to change that. Um, I'm not saying that you have to live there 52 weeks of the year for the rest of your life. Um, But but if it's a transient kind of uh, relationship, maybe a parish council isn't quite the right way of getting involved. But if you care about that community, it may well be. Mm,
0: that's a really, really uh, important message, there, Jackie, so thank you for that, and like I said, we'll encourage all our uh, listeners to get involved in, um, in politics and decision making in any aspect, you know, parish council to higher up in, in party politics. It's really important to get involved and, and make a difference to your beliefs and what you, what you believe in.
4: Um, I think that's a really important point, Harvey, because um, certainly you can join, a, I mean, parish councils are by their nature apolitical. Um, so it's a good place to have a grounding in local democracy, where you are able to decide what your voice is going to be. Um, I'm not speaking against um, party politics, but once you are involved in party politics, then there will be other considerations that you need to take into, into account. But at parish level, you can, decide, in effect, you can find your politics.
0: Mm, that's a, yeah, it's a big question. I mean, I'm involved in in party politics, and uh, a lot of our listeners are, and, and, are, and my co-hosts um, are as well. And it is something which is completely different to yes. being involved at an apolitical level. And I think an apolitical level is something which a lot of young people should know about. Because yeah. it's something different. It's it's a different way. It's decision making rather than getting involved in the in policy and left or right and, and, and it's yeah. it's something which yeah definitely we we're going to encourage and and I know Jackie you are as well and just finally Jackie to finish on what's next for for you and um, the thing are you gonna are you enjoying the work that you're doing at the moment or are you going to go and help uh, the struggling Boris Johnson um, sort <laughs> this sort this out in uh, in London. <laughs>
4: Um, I, 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 don't, I don't want the hesitation to, for, um, to make you think that I'm actually considering the two options. <laughs> that, wasn't, um, that wasn't where I was coming from. What I was thinking was that, I mean, the last two weeks, uh, I, I, I say two weeks, it isn't even two weeks, about 10 days, has been 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and it's been mad. But the offers that have come in, you know, like to talk to people like yourself, um, I've been invited to speak at the National Union of Students. Those kind of things, of course we, I, of course, I want to do, of course I want to be involved in. So it's been very difficult to kind of wade through what you don't want to do in order to find what you do want to do. So going forward, no. Um, personally, um, party politics isn't for me. Um, mainly because I guess I'm one of those people that find it difficult to make up my mind and I like some of the things that one party has and some of the things that the other party has so I would not be a particularly good um, candidate for, the, um, for a new Prime Minister for example, <laughs> if we were looking for a new Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> well I mean that's, that's great to hear because it's always fantastic to hear people who just want to serve communities and not want to be a careerist which we've had lots of guests on this show who are career politicians we've had I mean I can name Jopham and Widdecombe and Edwina Curry career politicians but it's fascinating to talk to you into someone who just wants to make communities better and I think that's thank you that's it's it's fantastic to, it really is fantastic to hear someone who just wants to make a com- communities better and it's something which we don't get a lot these days in in the world of of, po- of politics because it is it is politics in its own way and 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 it's just something we don't get so uh, jackie thank you for for everything that you do uh, thank you for the the joy that you've given us for the past uh, 12, <laughs> 10 to 12 days or whether how long it's been of, of this video because i've watched it countless times and i think i know our listeners have as well and it's been it's been wonderful it really has and and thank you jackie for joining us today and um i wish you well for everything in the future as well
4: thank you harvey it's been a pleasure
0: So thank you, Jackie, for the interview. I hope you all enjoyed that. It was a great pleasure to to talk to her. And uh, it was a good fun as well. And I'm sure you hope you enjoyed it. So now it's on to room SW1. Uh, We've done all the the big ones. Now we're getting into the the nitty gritty um, cabinet positions. Uh, We're now going to defence secretary. Uh, So head of the defence of the UK. Um, So I'm going to start with Albert. Who is your choice for defence secretary?
1: Well, my choice I think obviously for defence you're going to be dealing with the military a lot so you need someone who's got a bit of a military background you need someone who's going to have the knowledge as well to be able to you know run things properly so I've gone with uh, Charles Ingram the uh, man who uh, allegedly cheated to win a million pounds and who wants to uh, <laughs> no, he was an, an army major uh, and if, uh, if you ever need, needed to know the answer to a question or sort out a problem Defense Secretary, you know, just ask one of his advisors and they'll cough him the answer. So I think he would be a great choice.
4: <laughs>
2: mm. I'll right. Well, I'd like to quickly give an honorable mention, as Harvey frequently does on his SW ones. Honourable mention goes to Sam Allardyce. I thought that this would only be like the second most ridiculous defensive thing he'd been recommended for. Because <laughs> someone said that like he should help Pep Guardiola and Man City's defense, even though like Sam Allardyce has the worst defense and pep the best but i instead went for someone you know i thought i want someone who fits in with the cabinet at the moment and the defining features are it's full of dickheads it's full of pro brexiteers and it's also full of talentless morons in a world of talented geniuses so for that reason i went for peter shilton uh if anyone doesn't know peter shilton's the man that got out jumped by diego maradona (laughs) bantering it um and yeah you know like diego maradona pretty much probably the most iconic sports person of all time I would argue um just an absolute genius and Peter Shilton's just like a bit of a knobhead um he's obviously fervently pro Brexit I love the fact that he never let it go the fact that um that he got out jumped by Maradona like even when he died fairly recently he still just wasn't chill about it uh (laughs) even though this is like well over years ago uh and then I just think you know, you look at people like Priti Patel who were like literally bullies and like well, Peter... O- Sh- all this,
0: all this, hold on hold you you've mentioned your choice. You get to back it up later. Um, mm-hmm. Over to you, Ed. Uh, who is your choice?
3: Uh, well, mine is a man called Joshua Milton Blay, also known uh, more colloquially as General Butt Naked. He's been. He's a <laughs> Liberian uh, warlord. He was once described as the most evil man in the world. Uh, it was said that he's killed at least 20,000 people and carried out regular human sacrifices and cannibalism. And, uh, you know, I think in this age of, you know, everyone's just a bit of a, a bit of a wuss, really, especially when you're a defense secretary, you really need to be able to make the hard decisions like this guy. He did reform uh, recently to Christianity and sort of has repented. I think we could reawaken that, that. Angry streak in him, I think we could get him back into his old ways, and that'll be pretty fun to see.
0: Okay, well, uh, and if we're running uh, as, into the
3: battlefield naked, I should say, as well.
0: Well, as much as, as interesting is, uh, I'm afraid the rules do state that the uh, the candidate does have to be a British citizen uh, to fit in the cabinet as it is in real life. So as, as much as you can argue your case today, I'm afraid that you are disqualified from winning. Watered today. on a technicality. Damn on it. a technicality. But uh, anyway, my choice, a few on the mentions. I went for Tony Blair, good at starting wars. Um, uh, but I've gone for one man who knows how to defend <laughs> his country. And that is the one and only Jerry Adams uh, from <laughs> Uh Jerry Adams, obviously, yeah, big, big man, uh, knows how to defend... His country knows how to get an army going as well. Um, obviously, the Irish uh, Republicans, um, the IRA he knows how to do that. Uh, obviously, he will come with uh, the Under Secretary being Martin McGuinness, has to. They come like in a and dex style combination
1: if <laughs> he wasn't dead <laughs> well
0: well this is it this is a fantasy world albert back been, back so
1: basically you can have somebody's who's dead as part of it but not someone who's not from britain as long as they're as
0: long as they're <laughs> british i mean that's that's it but he's not but he's not he's not my candidate is he albert he's under secretary yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's uh i'm not breaking any rules here um so yeah so jerry Allen is my choice so before we go we're gonna to go to our to, to, you know question q and a now um so albert who was your choice again
1: uh, so my choice is Major Charles Ingram. Um, <laughs>
0: he's a cheat, Albert.
1: Yeah, well, he's a know, cheat and he's
0: a disgrace.
1: It's, it's debatable. It's, it's up, it's up in the air as to whether you know, you know, if you saw the, the drama quiz, you know, it's potentially up in the air as to whether he was actually. Cheating but it's off. not,
0: though, is it? Someone was coughing when the answer. He's not well, that Someone absolutely. coughed when no, the answer. Lots were of right. other
1: coughs as well. well. Lots of other coughs. Maybe he, maybe he was just really clever. You know, we well, nick Actually, I've, I've got a question for Albert
2: which is, um, you know, as someone who can be in the mind of Charles Ingram, because I'm someone who's well known for cheating on quizzes. You know, I know I know, I know how his mind works, and I know that mm. I'm a complete moron. Uh, <laughs> so,
4: if I wouldn't
0: trust myself as Defence Secretary, why should I trust Major Charles he's Ingram? He's really
3: clever.
2: Thank well, you. He well, he
0: says, I'm, I'm with you on this one. This guy is a moron. He's a cheat.
1: The thing is, I'll say, well, you, when you don't trust yourself in a quiz, you look up the answer. So, I think Charles Ingram would have the foresight to think, you know, he'd doubt himself, and then he'd think, oh, I should consult with other people. I See, guess. that's the
0: trouble. That's yeah? the trouble is that he will not consult Rather with other people. Than- he would consult on history. And yeah, I think that happen- you can't consult when you're Defence Secretary on history. You'll end up going back into Iraq. Honestly, it'd be, it'd be, a, yeah, it'd be a disastrous we went- situation. We
1: to- the reason we went to Iraq is because we ignored history and just did what we felt like. Charles Ingram would have the doubt to go, actually, i better look up some previous wars and think, this is probably a bad idea, and then not do it.
0: I think I think Charles Ingram's up even more on I agree with Odysseus there. So we're gonna to go to Odysseus's choice now, uh, which is Peter Shelton. Um, he, well he, he wasn't even captain of England, was he? He's got no leadership experience at all, Odysseus. Um Well, I'll have
2: you know that when whenever there was a team talk, no matter who the manager was, I think it might have been on Brian Clark, I'm not sure, but he would always say. Listen, guys, I've got 100 England caps. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so that sh- even that even that shows he's a bit of a knob. You know, it shows that he in some way at least attempted to be a
0: leader. Well, you know, he's, he gets beaten. He can't even defend his goal. How can he defend the country? Uh, well, he did defend his goal. Well, he didn't. I mean, the ball went straight over his head. It, it was I his know. fault. Um,
1: I like his lack of, you know, uh, military experience.
0: And exactly. Yeah.
1: Apart from Ed's choice, you know, there is this little real military British military. Whoa,
0: hold on there, Albert Jennings. <laughs> My choice of Jerry Adams has got more experienced military than everyone's combined. Well, maybe not Ed. Ed's killing, but Ed's, Ed's blacklisted.
1: Killing British members of the military. Did he? Did
0: he? Did he? Did he control? Did he have control over over a military? Yes. Did he? Did he? Did he get an army to fight? Yes. And I'm not, I'm not on about fighting. He, it was more about defense. You know, I, I think he wanted a unification of Ireland as much as that's a a bad idea in itself. Uh, But Jerry Adams wanted a unification. I think this is a fantastic idea to get Jerry Adams leading the charge to reignite the British empire. Now, this is something which I'm a a big fan of the, uh, you know, reinstruction of the British empire, reclaiming lands. Jerry Adams knows how to do that. Everything will be on time because he knows how to fit a timer. Um, And I think it'd be, it'd be great. I think Jerry Adams is is the is the ideal choice here to win. I think uh, we've also we've already got uh, lun- terrorists esque lunatics in there, uh, such as uh, Piers Corbyn and uh, Ed Miliband. Um, so I think I think Jeremy's would create
3: even more chaotic environment.
0: But it won't, then, will it? Because I think I think it would be counteracting. I mean, who is who It'll won education? <laughs> The previous choices, you know, Ed Miliband, Piers Corbyn, uh, who won last week, got assessed. I think you won again last week because you just keep on winning.
2: Was it Tim Martin last week?
0: It was Tim Martin, wasn't it? So Tim Martin's in there as well. Uh, I think he'd be, it had to add to it all. I think, you know, he's a brilliant choice. Um,
1: I think think that the main problem is that he he was involved in a campaign of violence against the British military, which which is what the the Defence Secretary's job is to like crush.
0: But Albert, if you can't beat him, you join him. And that's what Gerry Adams <laughs> would do. You know, he couldn't beat the British, and therefore he joins the British. And he is the British French
3: secretary. understands and, he is, that. and
0: and deep down, as much as he hates Britain, he is British. He was born in Belfast, so you know, deep down, he's got he's got to do his 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 birthplace proud, which is represent. Um, uh the the uk as defense secretary before we go on i do want to clarify for any listeners listen to this. this is all a joke by the way i do not actually genuinely <laughs> believe that jerry adams would be good defense actually <laughs> in fact he belongs in prison um but uh, but yes but uh, that, that's it and i think that i'll go for everyone here that odyssey does not actually think that peter shilton should be to buy actually do you, do you for yourself do i no no i mean
2: like, I, th- I think that yeah you know I stand very much on the Maradona side of the
0: debate, really. Well, I think I do as well. Um, it came off his um, shoulder, not his arm. Um, so yeah. Anyway, let's get round to some some voting here. So uh, maybe one vote each. Can't vote. Well, Ed, actually, we forgot Ed. Oh, geez, well Ed's disqualified. But Ed, yours is just a barbarian. He's a brute.
3: Yeah, that's what you need in this day and age. Look, Ed. everyone's so worried about themselves. You need to. We need to show that we're not like to be pushed around anymore.
0: But we'll I be a joke could, on the weekend. We can really intimidate stage. people. Would be a joke on the global stage,
3: yeah. But also, he he, um, he sacrificed children before every battle, uh, so that would obviously help to counteract the overpopulation. I mean,
0: problem. it's been done. I mean, Tony Blair did that before every uh speech, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, that's not true. I don't want Tony Blair to sue us for definition of character, <laughs> um, he does not <laughs> sacrifice babies. Um, so yeah, I, I'm struggling now, Ed, with your barbarian. I mean, you can't anyway. It, it just it'd be it'd be absolute hell imagine him in a cabinet meeting he'd kill everyone inside there
3: <laughs> No, also you gotta remember he, 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 he he's not that way anymore he said and i quote i feel very very bad so you know oh, well. that's reformed like oh wow well, it's remorse,
0: remorseful um, that's all <laughs> we need so let's get around to a bit of voting so albert we'll start with you one vote each. you can't vote for yourself um off you go uh
1: starting with me um Oh, it's a tough one because there's some good choices out there. Uh, I think...
0: You can't just, vote for Ed, to remember, because Ed's, it's, yeah, Ed's yeah, his band.
1: For the, strong, for the strong defensive record, I have to go with Peter Shilton.
0: Oh, OK. Um, over to you on Uh,
1: For me, I have to say, I actually thought that Major
2: Charles Ingram was a very solid shout.
0: Because Charles Ingram, Ed?
3: Yeah, I agree. And on account of the fact that... Uh, uh, well, it's a toss-up between Jerry Adams and uh, Charles Ingram. I, I don't know whose odds is, still, but, you uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Charles Ingram. Well, cheat his way to victory.
0: Charles Ingram, so it comes down to uh, head judge Len Goodman, uh, or me, um, with a deciding vote. It's between Albert and Odysseus, really. I, I personally think that I don't like Charles Ingram at all. I think he's, he's a cheat. And I don't want that in my cabinet. Therefore, by default... Peter Shilton is our defence secretary. Um, oh, votes. Hang on, well, hang well on no, no, I said there by head judge Len Goodman. Len well, Goodman gets the and vote. Who, well, m- me, Albert, uh, this is oh, democracy yeah. after all. Uh, okay. uh, Peter Shilton for me is a, is a clear shout. Peter Shilton is the, is is the choice, is the one. Um, so congratulations! Is that up three in a row now. I think you've won i think um, it could well be i think he, i think might just i think we're, in future i think i don't think we'll give choices out i think we will just well, uh, come, come to say us for that, our cabinet you choices week, yeah <laughs> well no you've, you've you've all had a vote uh, and you know that you know uh after all i do it's um it's it's only fair that i get the the, the leading vote I'm, i'll just say it's not complaining he's won again um yeah. it's only fair <laughs> um and albert you can fight for retribution if you don't think this is fair um you can put your thoughts to the uh the union the weakened politics union what
3: appeal for just come to just your review
0: um
1: if you're in charge of the union
0: how can i complain to you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a tricky one isn't yeah. it but it really is <laughs> <laughs> it's like Why french revolution you? policy
2: you, yeah. you launch a social media campaign called justice for jennings
0: yes exactly <laughs> um so um Anyway, Albert, you could get retribution here because it's time for the Tin Farron Cup sponsored by the LGBTQ Foundation. It's currently, uh, which is round four, it's currently 2-1 to Odysseus. um, Currently in the lead. So Albert, you've got to get one here. Last two weeks, we have played uh, political endorsements. This week, we are playing political. This is the last political endorsements in a row. It's best of three. It's been a good shout. People have enjoyed it. Uh, So Albert, as you won, as you lost last week, you can choose if you want to go first or second.
1: Uh, first, is that
0: want to go first, do you want to go first or second? First, 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 first. Okay, so remember, I give you celebrity, you just got to say which party they voted for, and this is the 2017 general election. So, Albert Rod Stewart.
1: Ooh, uh, oh, now he is Scottish. I'm just trying to think. 2000, which one did you say? 2000? Seventeen. yeah. 2017. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Scottish National Party.
0: Well, he couldn't be much more, much ro- further wrong. To be honest, Albert, it was conservative. Oh. Uh, he endorsed the Conservative Party. Over to you, what it says, Joey Barton, a footballer.
1: <laughs>
2: Joey Barton. Um, oh, I remember he was on Question Time, and he was very much against UKIP. He said that they were like four ugly girls. Yes, she's ugly, but she's not quite as ugly as her. Um, I'm going to go for the
0: Labour Party. It was the Labour Party. He did the vote. So it's 1-0, Odysseus. Over to Albert. John McCrick, the horse racing uh, pundit who tragically passed away. Uh, John McCrick, which party did he endorse, Albert? Uh, UKIP. It was Conservative. Oh, oh you're I having a nightmare, a nightmare this I week.
1: I Conservative, then I thought...
2: Now, this is
0: an interesting one. I'm glad we went second, because this is really... I put this in for him. Yanis Varoufakis... The former greek finance minister endorsed a political party in 2017 which party did he endorse i mean you couldn't
2: mention yanis without me just throwing in that i once saw him in a cafe in Thessaloniki. but uh, there you go uh, i'm fairly sure in 2017 it would have been the labour party
0: it was the labour party yeah he did endorse the labour party i don't know why he's getting involved in our politics but uh, i guess we was the eu at the time so uh no, so over to you albert you know you're still in this it's not over yet bob geldoff oh um you are struggling here this week aren't you albert you're, you're panicking
1: well it's because it's because he's really pro EU. um
0: well there's only one party that said bollocks to brexit didn't they yeah I, i'll
1: go with lib Dems. And it
0: was the lib dems oh, oh okay. you just gave him that well you know it's oh, uh I'm, I'm, I'm i didn't sorry. actually tell him it was lib dems but you know i'm giving him a choice uh, oh, Desai, over to you. You could you could tie this up right no, now. No, I'd be winning three one. Yeah, but with the amount of questions, asked, you would tie this up <laughs> right now. Over well, to you, I, Rachel Johnson. Rachel Johnson. Uh, I thought she was Liberal Democrats,
2: but uh, yeah, I'll go. F- yeah, I'll go for Liberal Democrats.
0: Well, in twenty seventeen, she endorsed the. Conservative Party. She endorsed the That's Conservatives in there, unfortunately, yes. But then she went to Lib Dems later down the line. So Albert, you could put a level here with one James McLean, the footballer. James McLean, the footballer, very controversial. But which party did he endorse in
1: twenty oh, seventeen? Oh yeah, he's um, oh, he's Irish, isn't he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't think of where he's Um <laughs>
0: i'm gonna say uh (laughs) it was shin fein albert that's it (laughs) shin fein um gets the votes it's 2-2 so as it stands you've all had uh this is albert's have done four oddies and three last one if you win this you've won the quiz okay you go you take a 3-1 lead ross kemp what does ross kemp do again He's like a TV military person. Uh, very very, very, pro, very pro-military. Oh, yeah. uh, right. Seeing movies? He used no. to be in EastEnders. He used to be in EastEnders. Have you um, ever seen Ross Kemp on gangs? No. no,
2: I think I've seen some of his drug stuff. No, it's a shame he's not been in any movies. and won't make any movie night reviews then, like Chester Scribe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think no. Ross Kemp, uh, he's very like,
0: yeah, being very pro-military. In that, I reckon he could be a conservative. It was Labour. He was Labour. I threw you off the scent there with a pro, con- pro thing. So we go to a tiebreaker. It's 2-2. Two, two. Now, you know the rules. First one to shout out wins. Um, if you shout out and you're wrong, then you can't answer again. Edward Beria, you're sitting there quietly. Ed? Oh, yes, hello. You're in this one. Oh, if okay. you get this right, you win this week. steal it. You steal oh, it. Yes. You got to shout it out. Remember, you're facing against Alberton De It is all to play for.
3: My if pounding. none of
0: you get it right, I win. That's how it goes. Like last week, I'm playing in this in this quiz. I want to win, but I can't take part. So therefore, I have to over your own failings. That's you're how like I get dealer. to the this quiz. Basically, yes. Um, so here we go. Fingers on buzzers. So all. first we'll to shout it out, Danny DeVito. Labour. Ed wins! Yeah! Ed shouts out over, Ed takes the win. Uh, <laughs> I
3: you knew that one as well, it wasn't a game. Massive.
0: Oh, yes. Ed wins, it is now. Odyssey is two, Albert one. Ed one. Ed's in it. So Ed, how do you <laughs> feel to be level on point point? Oh, over? this
3: is the best feeling I've ever had.
0: <laughs> what, after you won, you won? You won a quiz. Somebody. You've won a quiz.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually, I have.
0: That's Why am I only on feeling. one point then? Well, because that because this is a new quiz, Ed. you oh, got to keep up. Oh, OK. This um, is, this
3: is sponsored by the LGBT.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, okay, uh, OK. So there we go. So, Ed, you've won this week's quiz. Next week, we're going to come back with a new game. because uh, This one's sort of run its course. Um, but anyway, thank <laughs> you to Albert, Ed, and Albert Sayers for joining today. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you to Jackie Weaver for the interview. And we'll see you all next week.